As a therapist, one of the worst habits that I notice that people have in relationships is the act of filling in the blank. When couples don't have great communication or good enough communication, we tend to fill in the blanks when we don't really understand something or know something. So if you don't know why your partner's upset at you, you fill in the blank. And within reason, it makes sense why we fill in the blanks. We do it because it helps us understand scenarios. If we want to know how to handle a situation, then it would make sense that we understand why that situation is happening in the first place. This bad habit doesn't only exist with our partners. We fill in the blanks with our bosses, with coworkers, with family members, and with people we don't know. We imagine that we do know why people do what they do, when in reality, we don't. So here's a few other underlying reasons as to why we tend to fill in the blanks. The first one is because of history. History tells us that we know how a person is going to behave, or that person has historically had certain attitudes and outlooks that we can almost predict. In that sense, it's a way of saying we know how the person is. I don't believe that it's an unreasonable thing to do to conclude that we understand why a person does something because of the history of who they are or have been in the past. The problem with that is that past behavior doesn't always explain current behavior. So we run the risk of getting it wrong and not fully understanding the current behavior. Another very important reason as to why we fill in the blank is because of our personal biases. It's our internal belief system about things we were taught or things that we believe. So as an example, if I inherently believe that women are more emotional than men and my wife were to become upset at me over something, my bias would fill in the blank and say the reason she's upset is because women are emotional instead of actually understanding why she's upset. When we fill in the blanks with our biases, whether it's with our partners or other people in the community, we're being unfair to them. We've already predetermined who the person is or why they behave the way they do. To fill in the blanks with our personal biases tends to be an extremely emotionally immature act. In essence, what I'm saying is you're not doing a good enough job of better understanding another person. So instead, you cut corners and make conclusions about other people, whether they're true or not. And then a third reason as to why we fill in blanks is to protect ourselves. Sometimes it's to protect our ego. So rather than be honest and recognize the possibility that we might be the problem or that we might be contributing to a problem, we fill in the blanks in the way in which it protects us from any culpability. It's a way of saying, I'm not the problem, they're the problem. When we protect ourselves, everything becomes about what the other person is doing wrong. In my work with couples, the reason why filling in the blank has become such a big problem is because it keeps couples from communicating effectively. They don't communicate when they believe that they know the answer. They filled it in. Effectively, it gets in the way of the truth. When we create conclusions that are not accurate, and we stay there, it keeps us from understanding the real reasons as to why there might be a problem or a conflict. When problems or conflicts arise in a relationship, it's the relationship's way of saying something needs to be addressed. Something needs to be adjusted. Now, it's not always going to be you. It might be the other person. But if you want to give the relationship a fair opportunity to understand what needs to be adjusted and why, you have to have good communication skills and explore all possibilities. Another very important reason as to why filling in the blanks is a problem is because in a relationship, it will lead us to form unfair conclusions about our partners. We start labeling them. So maybe in the past, they did behave in certain ways that we didn't appreciate. If they worked hard at correcting their behavior, 
and changed as a person. It wouldn't be fair that they continue to carry that label. It wouldn't be fair that we continue to fill in the blank using old stories about who the person used to be. So if we're forming unfair conclusions about our partner, again, it'll keep us from understanding the truth as to what the relationship needs. They become barriers. You want the truth. You want to work it out. So here are some recommendations I generally give my clients. Number one, be aware of the story that you're creating in your mind. When you make a statement about your partner or your sibling or your parents or anyone in your life, ask yourself, do I really know that? Do I know that for a fact? Or do I believe that I know that for a fact? If the answer is, I believe I know that for a fact, then you don't really know. And be able to own that. Seek the truth. The best way to seek the truth is to ask. In most healthy relationships, simply asking the other person why they did something or why they feel a certain way will give you the answer. You just have to be ready to receive it. You may not like the answer, but they're giving you the answer. Sometimes the problem with asking our partner or a person that we care about is that sometimes they may be protecting themselves. They may be protecting their ego and they're not reflecting truth themselves. So we also have to know who we're dealing with. Am I dealing with a person who's willing to be honest? Or am I dealing with a person who lives in their own fantasy land? But in most cases, I would highly encourage people to simply ask and be ready to receive an answer. The second thing I recommend is that you be okay with what you don't know. It seems to be a hard thing for people to accept that they don't know something. That if your sister doesn't want to talk to you, that you don't know why your sister doesn't want to talk to you. Pull away from filling in the blanks and simply confront the reality that you don't know. It's one of the most powerful tools that we have to admit and acknowledge when we don't know something. Finally, take ownership over your own insecurities. Take a good look at yourself and be honest about your protective mechanisms or your insecurities. If you find yourself being highly defensive in your relationship, whether it's directly with your partner or with the stories you create in your mind about your partner, That only speaks to your insecurities. Take ownership of where you're at and be able to say that I'm not ready to handle the truth. Or be honest about who your partner is. If your partner has demonstrated over and over again to legitimately be a person that cannot be trusted or cannot be honest, then confront that truth. Sometimes the most difficult thing to do in a relationship is to deal with the truth because it puts us in a situation where we might have to make a difficult decision or it puts us in a situation where we have to set a very firm boundary. And for a lot of people, that's a difficult thing. I encourage people in relationships to set firm, healthy boundaries. Raise the standard in relationships. Don't settle for good enough. Be willing to give the best of yourself in a relationship and be willing to ask your partner to give the best of them. That's how we create great relationships. So I encourage you to start paying attention of how you speak about your partner. If you find yourself saying things like, I don't know why, here's what I think is going on, then you're filling in the blanks. I hope this episode was useful for you and your relationship. If you know of someone that would benefit from this episode, please send it to them. Otherwise, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.